Hey, it's Monday. Let me tell you about American Home Shield, our sponsor. Got a great show coming up for you. When it comes to uh, repairing or uh, replacing parts of a major home system, don't you just love it? Seriously. Hey, the refrigerator's down. That's going to be inexpensive. Hey, the dishwasher's broken. Don't worry about it. Ah, the television just fell off the wall. Not a big deal. We got money growing out of our ears. You know what I mean? No, that's hair grown out of your ears, uh, most likely. Keep your home up and running and your budget on track with American Home Shield. American Home Shield. They've been around for 50 years. If they can't repair your covered item, they replace it. And you don't have to worry about it. It's the warranty for the price that you can afford. So keep your home up and going. Comprehensive plans, $50 off the most comprehensive plans they've ever had. It's ahs.com slash Beck. That's American Home Shield, ahs.com slash Beck. Service free fees, limitations, and exclusions uh, do apply. See plan for details. Find the plan that's right for you. American Home Shield. Be sure with the shield. Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary. Afghanistan decision at the Pentagon and the White House. We're going to take a look. I've got an anniversary cake and everything. Uh, it's great. It's great. Uh, we're going to take a look at the uh, one year anniversary and just how great it really, it really was. And then we're going to go and project this towards the future because what lesson has anyone learned that's on later on in the program today is a day i want to hear from you because there's so much going on but i want to start with a conversation that i had friday with jesse kelly on a blaze exclusive so this aired friday night and uh i don't know if i'm out of step with you i really don't know and i want to start with that and then get your response at 888-727-BECK. Today, the phones are open for you. 888-727-BECK. All right. But first, you sick, twisted freak. Let me tell you about the Tuttle Twins. History is critical, absolutely critical. And understanding the past is the most important way of not making the same mistake over and over and over again. And I'm trying to pass that passion on to my kids, and it's been hard. 
Well, now there is something that will really help you because parents say all the time, I don't know about his. I don't know. I know we're all going to learn together. It's all really, really good. But you don't want a current textbook from the schools because that ain't giving you the story. And it is it's crap. It's total crap. Here's the thing. History is the greatest story ever told. American history is amazing. Tuttle Twins books have just come out with a history book. It is uh, uh, American history, 1215 to 1776. Right now, you can go there before the offer is gone, throwing in their audiobooks, workbooks, and so much more. Uh, go now, get the deal of the free sample chapter before it's too late at TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Go there now. Oh, my goodness. And we have to also uh, talk about Donald Trump and the Fourth Amendment today um, because I got a little problem with the warrant that came out Friday. Just a little bit. Um, that sounded like I was drinking again. Just a, a, just a, little, just a, a little bit. Um, let's, uh, let's first play a conversation that I had uh, on, uh, on Friday. Here it is. There is nothing, nothing. Um, I've had this argument before. I had Roger Ailes tell me this. Glenn, we all love the Constitution, but we got to do what we got to do. No, we don't. No, we don't. We act within the framework of the Constitution and decency. We did do some horrible things. It's called Hiroshima and Nagasaki. But we did it because it actually saved more lives than it killed. There was reason behind it. It wasn't like, let's just burn them and put their shadows in the sidewalk. No. Well, who's saying that? I agree with you there, Glenn. I, I, I want it done legally and purposely and to an end. I, I want an anti-communist end to it. I don't want to live in a country like this. I don't I'm either. not celebrating this. Right, this, but, is, this sucks. I think right. it's awful. But I, I when think you say somebody like Franco, that, that, I don't want to live under Franco. And well, I, neither do I. But I don't I don't also want to live in a country where we do these kinds of where they're allowed to do these kinds of things to us and they're right. allowed to do them unafraid. The most shocking thing is not that the FBI is crazy or the IRS is expanding or, or, or any of these things that they've done. None of these things are the most shocking thing to me. The most shocking thing to me was Christopher Ray sitting in front of the GOP Senate, knowing he was about to raid the former president's home over nothing. And not only did he sit there in front of them, he told them, hey. Wrap this up, senators. I got to go take a plane, a government-funded plane on a vacation. What shocks me most is how unafraid they are of the right. They are completely so, unafraid of the right, and that we can never win that way. So I, I talked to uh, Jesse. By the way, that's Jesse Kelly. Um, I talked to Jesse Kelly uh, about it, and what disturbed me in our conversation was I kept going back and thinking, okay, I think we agree Mm -hmm. But then he would say, we've done the Constitution. We've done it. No, we haven't done it. We have not done it. Um, we haven't done it in a long time. That's the problem. And he had brought up Franco and saying, you would be surprised how authoritarian I would be on this. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean by that? Do you mean you'll enforce the letter and the spirit of the law? Because I'm for that. And he's like, no, I'd go for Franco. I'm like, you're not going to go for Frank. What are you talking about? But I think this is the debate that America on the right is having. 
And do, do, I, do we have faith? Do we still believe in miracles? Because I don't hear people as a group, as a group, reaching out and saying what Martin Luther King did. And that is, we have to be Christ-like. What George Washington said, what Abraham Lincoln knew, only when we turn back to him will we be able to stand. And everybody interprets that as, well, that's not going to work. You just want to sit here and wait for God. No. Stu said something to me today as we were talking about it on the air. Uh, you know, our faith kind of has a unique story to it. <laughs> yeah, there is a, I mean, I, uh, it's tough because I know, you know, I know Jesse relatively well. He's, yeah. a, he's a good dude and, 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 you know, supports the Constitution. And, yeah. you know, I'm sure yeah, yeah. it's not going to turn into a commu- uh, kind of socialist dictator anytime soon. Um, but this debate is real on the right in which you have this uh there's this temptation to say, if we are just doing what we think is right, they're going to roll all over us, right? We can't just sit here and be victims of the left breaking all the rules, and then we sit here and we play by the rules and we get rolled over. I think that is an, uh, a feeling and an instinct that both of us can completely understand. Like, I, I feel that way often, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like we're, we get rolled over, and a lot of times it's because we're doing what's right. no. No, it's because our side won't do anything. For instance, mm-hmm. how many times has Fauci lied? I don't have the answer. Rand Paul says over and over and over again. There's good been several examples. Okay, right. Okay. So how many times? Mm-hmm. I grew up in a world where if you lied to Congress, you went to jail. Okay. You went to jail. Contempt of Congress, you lied to us. Why aren't people going to jail just for lying to Congress? They have the power to do that in November or January if they win the House. I don't want to hear about hearings. I don't want to hear about them. I want to hear about results. And here's how you can do it. What they have to do is have a hearing and then refer it to the Justice Department. Nothing's going to happen with the Justice Department. Okay? Nothing. But Congress can act on its own. Congress can take back the purse strings. Uh, What are we going to do? What are we going to do? You know, the IRS out of control. Here's an idea. Take back Congress and then Congress, you stand up and say, yeah, IRS, we're not sending you any of that money. Congress alone has that power. We're not going to send that to you. Nope, we don't get it. Oh, gee, the Pentagon's out of control. Guess who's not getting some money? Uh, the DOJ, we, we need more. Hmm. Until we see you arresting and doing the right thing, no matter who it is, left or right, until you start cleaning up your act and start firing people, no, mm-mm. <gasps> that's anti-police. No, it's not. It's actually very pro-police. It's anti-corrupt police. It's anti-corruption. That's what it is. 
And until they take that power back, and you don't have to hate anybody for it. In fact, if you go in with vengeance, then it's not justice. Yeah. And I think that's the that's the the interesting part of this is trying to find that line. Because if you follow the rules so closely that you never, as Jesse was pointing out, put any fear in in the other side. They're not Correct. afraid of any consequences. Correct. Then you will get rolled over. Correct. However, you also have to do that within the bounds of your principles, which is difficult at times. You know, it's like a lot of, I, I hear people, not not Jesse, but I've, I've heard people say things, so the, basically the example of like, look, we have to break our own rules. No. We have to, we have to do things that we don't, we don't think are right. No. Because if we don't, we will lose. And it's like, you we lose if we do, you know, that that's an easier argument to make for, I think, secular conservatives who might be, you know, non-religious or not, at least not Christian per se. But it's like when you're talking about your faith, I mean, this, this sort of central story of the faith is a guy who literally was up on a cross and didn't really push back because he wanted to do everything that was right. Like he he, <laughs> he was so committed to the principles. Pretty thing committed. Pretty that committed. he yeah. actually was crucified mm-hmm. over these ideas and mm-hmm. principles. Mm-hmm. So like the idea that hey we might lose unless we break rules isn't something that's particularly germane to Christianity. <laughs> like And it is the reason why Gandhi starved himself. Because he was trying to do what Jesus did. No, he didn't starve himself so India would be set free and the oppression would stop. No, he starved himself because his own supporters, his own supporters were were starting to engage in violence and going, this isn't going to work. Right, you know, right. when did when did the right stop believing in miracles? I mean, as you said, the guy got off the cross. Okay, kind of a big miracle. This audience, this audience knows that we were founded through miracle after miracle after miracle. I could give them to you, but I think you know them. So if it was founded because the people in, in impossible odds... Because the people had reliance on the truth and on God. Why wouldn't it work now? And I think, you know, you you could look back at like the, for example, the Revolutionary War, right? And a time where we are, uh, we are um, up against an impossible opponent, have no chance to win, right? And we wind up winning. Well, we didn't wind up winning just because we we hoped for the best. Mm-hmm. We prayed, right? Like that was certainly part of it, yeah. of course, and probably the real reason why we won. But we also changed tactics and we also did things that weren't always the norm. Yes. They weren't against our principles, though. No, but they were. They we did standing change behind a tree instead of lining up on a big <laughs> right. battlefield. That was a good change. Just seems like common sense more than anything else. Yeah, no, it's right. true. It's true. Yeah. But that was a big difference. Yes, you know, I think, if I may, I think this is part of the reason why people uh, like Ron DeSantis. 
Yes. And it's because he's been able to find this line. He's not breaking principles, but he's changing tactics and, he's, and taking and he's not the being, enemy seriously, a political enemy seriously. He's not being a jerk about it either. I, I don't find him to be a jerk. I think the left does find him to well, be a I jerk. Well, I can't but, help the left. Right. I can't help the left. If, you know, you speak the truth. Yeah. And that makes you a fascist. I think no, mostly, no. though, he's been able to walk that line, right? Like where he's yes. been able to do things that are well within his authority. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's been able to uh, to connect with those with those big problems that are happening mm-hmm. and push back against them. I mean, I think the Disney thing has shown results, right. not just in Disney, but in other corporations that have suddenly. Yeah, it hasn't shown results with Disney. No, but, but it's, it's, it's worked with, with others. other companies yeah. that are like, let's just not get in the middle of this right, right now. And, and, and that's that's all you need. And let, and let me tell you something. When he does things and he does them within the law, they last. They last. He's he's changing the laws and writing them for a new kind of society because we're under attack. And he's doing it all constitutionally. That's the best way to do it. And the left will just scream authoritarian. Let them. They point to a dude in a dress and scream woman. (laughs) So I don't really, you know, subscribe to their lingo and their new definitions. That's not a fascist. That's not an authoritarian. I am a constitutionalist. And I believe in protecting and defending the Constitution of the United States of America. And that means no more Mr. Nice Guy. It is time to enforce the laws. And that doesn't mean we go in with a warrant that is a general warrant like they did with Trump. No, Hmm. that's unconstitutional. We do it the right way. Otherwise, we lose everything and become everything we despise. But. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. But that ain't going to happen with a McConnell unless you guys get involved. Unless everybody calls his office and everybody else's office in, in, in the Senate and says, enough. Enough is enough. Because he really thinks that we're just... A small group and, you know, just uh, in the minority. And that's not what real bloggers He kind of. Is he the beast? <laughs> nah, he's just a turtle. Yurtle the turtle. Peace of mind can be hard to come by these days, especially financial peace of mind. Why? Can't imagine why. Now more than ever, it is time for you to cut back on spending uh, where you don't need to spend. It is a time to be saving money where you can and basically doing everything you can to ensure your family's financial security. If you haven't already, please give American Financing a call today. They are America's home for home loans. And here's the best part about them. They're honest. They're not going to get you into something that you don't need because they work for you, not the bank. Get the free mortgage review in 10 minutes. You could be on your way to saving hundreds of dollars a month, possibly even as much as a thousand. Peace of mind. Make that phone call now. American Financing, 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. Or go to AmericanFinancing.net. 10 seconds. Station ID. 
888-727-BECK. I would really like to hear your voice um, because I think I'm out of touch or I'm not out of touch. I think I'm out of step um, because this is not going to be an easy sell. It's just not. And I don't mean for me. I mean, for you, I whatever America decides to do, America's going to decide to do. I just know what I and my family are going to do. Well, I mean, I don't think you're out of step with you you were just talking about Ron DeSantis as being maybe the guy who's walked this line really well. I don't think that's out of step at all with with the audience and the Republican Party and of conservatives. I think generally speaking, they want that. They just don't want nothing. They don't want we're going to sit back and be be the polite uh boring people that are just going to well, get rolled over but they also don't want by the way you crashing your car into the Capitol and and then you know, lighting yourself on fire or going to shoot up the the fbi office in cincinnati and now we don't know the stories behind both of those cases but like there's a there's a a fringe of a fringe of a fringe that is getting so desperate they feel like there's no hope and now that you know they're we could easily that's what they see. want you to feel that's what they want they want they, they the want you to feel hopeless the media wants it desperately yes they want you to take the bait and go do something crazy yes and and they, and they want they want us separating each other they want us breaking mm-hmm. apart so we can't agree on everything that's one reason why if donald trump decides to run and he's got all the numbers i hope that desantis doesn't or they work something out between them so we don't divide ourselves. There's not an ugly fight uh, because we can't afford it right now. We have to be in lockstep uh, because that's what they want. That's truly what they want. All right, 888-727-BECK. Uh, I've only got one minute. So, Tom, I don't want to shortchange you or anybody else that is uh, calling and waiting. You can get in now at 888-727-BECK. So hold on if you're holding, um, and we'll get to you here in uh, in just a minute. Also, I don't know if I'm going to have time today, but there is an amazing story in the Atlantic. Catholics have weaponized the rosary. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It is, uh, I mean, it's as dangerous as a handgun now. The rosary is. Now, I know a lot of Catholics that believe that to be true, but God would be holding the one with a spiritual gun. You know what I mean? Not the Catholics with the rosary. They're kind of busy reciting prayers and, you know, being on their knees and stuff. The rosary. It's an amazing uh, look from the Atlantic, which goes into our Wednesday night special about the war on religion. The Glenn Beck Program. Connie lives in Nevada, and she's been dealing with uh, back and hip issues for years. She tried a ton of things to combat her pain. Nothing really worked, and the pain just got worse as time wore on. Then she heard me talking about Relief Factor, and she decided to give it a try. Why not? Nothing else was helping. Within two days, she said, she was already starting to feel a decrease in the pain. And not long after that, her pain disappeared entirely. Connie, that's amazing. That is not usually what happens, uh, but God bless it. Relief factor. It is not going to space you out because it's not a drug. It was developed by doctors, and it's, they mixed four key ingredients together. 
that will help fight the inflammation. Three-week quick start, developed for you, $19.95. It's a dollar a day like the trial pack. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor, and about 70% of them go on to order more, which says a lot. Go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800-4-RELIEF, 800-4-RELIEF. Get the 1995 three-week quick start developed just for you. Again, that's relieffactor.com, 800, the number four, relief. Relief Factor, feel the difference. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn is a place you can go to see that entire Jesse Kelly interview. Use the promo code Glenn to save 10 bucks. Monkeypox. Yes, it is time for your Monday Monkeypox update. Some very important news coming from the World Health Organization that I think you need to know before we go to the phones. 888-727-BECK. The World Health Organization, the WHO, would like you to know monkeypox is being transmitted by humans and not monkeys. Yeah, I, I know. So if you've been having sex with monkeys, don't worry about it. I think that's what they, right? Uh, let's think, go yeah, to the, it seems like they're almost encouraging it at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to South Carolina and Tom. Hello, Tom. You're on the Glenn Beck program. Yeah. Hi. Thank you. You bet. Hey, I uh, I was just commenting. I, I tried to get a hold of you guys uh, last weekend when you were talking to uh, Mike Lee, mm-hmm. and uh, you were asked you asked him if he was gonna if he was willing to uh, prosecute Hillary Clinton if they had that opportunity, and he said no. At least that's what I think I remember him saying. And uh, it it hit me right then. That's where the two dear pure justice system comes from, because one side has refused to enforce consequences based on the law, and the other side is doing whatever they want. It's like that safe zone of schools where yes. kids will go. You know, yes, They'll go there because they don't have to worry about being hurt or anything or no consequences right and so and it's from a uh, this this lie and misunderstanding of christianity about jesus's mercy and love is mercy and love is that's not what it is without justice yes it's no longer all it's no longer a good thing right and when they do that because they're trying to appear good you know they're actually harming people uh-huh. They're putting their own appearance uh-huh. above the welfare of everybody else. Exactly That's right. Some people, here's, the, here's the thing. Tom, as long as the American people go there and we don't go with vengeance, and that's going to be really hard because, if, for instance, Donald Trump, that guy has been repeatedly raped by the left over and over and over and over again, and they keep the same people keep getting away with it. And if you don't have control of the Justice Department, and that's what Congress will say, we don't have control of the Justice Department. You know, after the elections, we'll have control of Congress, maybe the Senate, but we can't do anything. Well, so that's why we'll have investigations and then we'll refer it to the Justice Department. No, these people have lied under oath. All of them, all of them, the same people that swore out the warrant are the same people that brought us the Steele dossier. They're on the record lying to Congress. So until you can clean up the Justice Department, Congress, hold them accountable. 
And we have to use every tool we can that is legal and constitutional. I'm just sick of these Republicans who who just think that that's too crazy. You know, I, I really think that Mitch McConnell still thinks it's 1975. He just is like, well, that's the way we always done it. I mean, when that young whippersnapper Orrin Hatch was around, we would have a flag burning amendment. It's a different world, man. It's a different world. And it is time for the right to get serious. And I don't mean the people. I mean, there's no reason to go after the FBI. It's not the FBI's fault. It's Congress's fault. They've known this forever. They've known it forever. They did nothing about it. You, 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 want, uh, you, you want justice? Great. You had the House and the Senate. What'd you do? Well, honestly, what did you do? Well, we passed a lot of flag-burning What did you do? Cut the budget. Oh, well, we can't because, yes, Congress can. Congress can absolutely cut the budget. Don't need the Senate. You need Congress. They hold the purse strings. Yeah. Not going to give them that money. Nope. Why aren't they doing it? Well, you're going to shut down the government and we're going to look like we just are anti-government. A government that is doing this kind of harm to the nation? Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather have it closed for a few weeks than open. I mean, until you get it cleaned up, I mean, I, I don't know. You know, if you're going in for, uh, I don't know, some sort of... Uh, some sort of, you know, clinical trials. You know, you're going in for some sort of a, a workup to see how your body is. And uh, the doctor that you're going is riddled with monkey pox and gonorrhea. I think we shut his office down for a while. Yeah, but what will happen to the people after I see him? I don't know. They'll be okay. They'll be better than seeing the doctor with monkey pox and gonorrhea. I'm just saying. That's the way we have to start looking at it. Dan in Idaho, you're on the Glenbeck program. Yes, sir. I would just like to share my perspective with you on the Jesse Kelly interview. Um, I spent six years in special operations and spent a bunch of time in African countries that were in civil war. Mm. I also have had in-depth conversations with a friend of mine who has spent a bunch of time in the Balkans working for the U.S. government at pretty sensitive levels. And we both agree that if we don't seriously change the trajectory of our country, we're inevitably headed for that type of experience here. And neither of us particularly are excited about that. But when we look at Congress and look at what they've done, I mean, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Correct. So with Congress, you know, if they do something great, I believe in miracles too, but that's about what you'll need to get something done through them. Yes. And you've been on a big push to do things locally, and that's definitely a part of the solution. Yes. It's a big part but of I the think, solution. Yes, sir. And we've seen good success with that. But I think you're not out of step with the American people, but I think that the key piece you're missing is that the American people are starting to realize that you have to be willing to explore options 
that were previously off the table for whatever reason that may be. And at least, even if you're like, okay, that's not the time to do this, or that's not the time to go this far. You have to at least be willing to have that conversation of what options should we be exploring to redress this? Because we're in absolutely unprecedented times. And as the Declaration of Independence says, when there's a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object to reduce a people under absolute despotism, it's the right and duty to basically do whatever reforms are necessary up to and including abolishing the government. And I think we're at a point in our Republic where we have to ask how far do we need to go to fix this problem? Because if we don't fix this problem, it will go all the way and it will just be absolute chaos and insanity because eventually people will just lash out, not even trying to redress it, but just because they have no other option. And I mean, even George Washington used to take Tories in America at the point of bayonet, confiscate all their property without or without compensation, kick them out of the country. So I think what Jelly Kessie is, or excuse me, Jesse Kelly is saying, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he's saying, in effect, we need to start having honest and difficult conversations yes. about what do we do? And Martin Luther King and Gandhi were very wise and intelligent. And in certain applications, their approach works. Bonhoeffer tried and failed. Why? Because, because he was in a system that was so broken. Yeah, not a that- system. No, 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 wait. Not a system. The Christians had already closed their heart. The churches were gone. The people yes, were sir. not open to that message. And we have to evaluate, are the people here still open to the message of Christ? And I mean, really open to it. I mean, they all thought they were Christians, you know, as they were singing louder as the trains went by to Auschwitz. Um, are we there yet? Because well, once uh, that happens, it's too late for, for a Gandhi yep. approach. Yep, I believe Stu would refer to that as suboptimal. <laughs> yes. Um, but the, the worst catchphrase think, in the history of radio. People know me for the word suboptimal. <laughs> yeah, I think, though, that um, what people are trying to balance, and it's a hard balance, is embracing the teachings of Jesus, but also not forgetting that at times he was the guy who fashioned a weapon and went into the temple and beat people until they fled from their livelihood and their property. And, you know, he's God. So you got to go, okay, that wasn't wrong in that situation, but the key element is to have discernment as to what is called for in the times you live in. Correct. Mm. And that's the hardest part. Yeah. And I, and it was the hardest part. Look, you know, our, our founders did the same thing. Our founders, they were all preaching. No, patience, calm, cool, collected, until they started marching into the cities with an army. And then Concord is a great example. I think it's Concord. Um, the It was the churches led by the pastors that said, everybody, grab your gun. We're going out. And they were the ones that met the first. And that, that's where it's, you know, you do not shoot unless fired upon and you can't be aggressive when it comes to that stuff. You can defend yourself, but you can't be aggressive on that things at this point. 
we must be brutally aggressive with the law and the Constitution. I, the last thing that we should ever think of is, oh, you want to play that game? Well, two can play at that game. I'll go get a fake warrant, too. No, no, no. We don't need to. They've already told us who they are. And Tifa, we already know who they are. These people went to prison 30 years ago. We're just not putting them in prison. We're just not enforcing the law. You're trying to burn down buildings. You're terrorizing towns. Uh, no, I don't think you walk around with us. I, I think you're, no, nah, yeah. I, I think we're going to put you in jail. And until that happens, if it's the only branch of government we have, which is the Congress, well, then that's what Congress has to do. One branch. You're not powerless. And if I hear the Republicans, I swear to you, I have I've called my Republican friends and I've saying this every day to them. If you get into Congress and you're like, we're going to hold hearings and that's all you're going to do. Americans already know the truth. We already know what it is. Okay, you, you know, we've watched your hearings in the past. We know who's lying, who's not lying. It's on the record. Go put those people in jail. Because if they don't act after November, that will be the last time the Republicans win an election. Period. It will be the last time. Because people have had it. We've given you power over and over again, and you keep saying you're going to do something, then you don't do anything, this is it. We have one chance with Congress and one chance with a new president. And then I think we're out of chances. Back in just a minute. Uh, if you're going to start the process of buying or selling a home or both things at the same time, guessing you've worked really, really hard to get where you are today. And you want that process to go as well as it can. You want a great offer on the house that you're selling. You want a fair price within your budget for the one you're buying. But getting those things done is difficult. And the housing market isn't doing any favors for you right now. Really on either side. Real Estate Agents I Trust. A free service to you. It's our best way of ensuring that you're going to get the, po the best possible agent to help you through the process. Somebody who knows the best practices. Who is dedicated to making sure that you have the best selling or buying process possible. Our agents are in it to win it for you. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. This is a free referral service. Free for you. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. The Glenn Beck Program. This, oops. Uh, hang on just a second. I'm just filling in for Glenn. Uh, just... <laughs> Sorry, I don't know how I pushed the wrong button. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. That was weird. Um, do we have time? How much time do we have? We have two minutes. Let me go to uh, Angela. Hello, Angela. Hello. Thank you guys for taking my call. It's an amazing honor and privilege to thank visit you. with you. I've been listening to you for about a decade. Wow, thank you. Uh, I live in the great state of Texas, but in another part, the High Plains, where... People work hard and grow 
beef to feed America. Yeah, good. And what is happening in my neck of the woods is exactly what you're talking about. People with average educations and average uh, intelligence, so to speak, but realize what is happening makes zero sense. If I had a suspicious activity report on my bank account, one, if not two, if <laughs> not three, I would be, you know, right down to the district attorney and they'd be trying to prosecute sure. me. And I work in financial services. I can't make any mistakes with people's funds or I'm going to get in big trouble. So this is the Wild West. And everyone recognizes that the Republican Party are sitting there as complete lame ducks and wanting things to be done the right way and the legal way with the Constitution, but no one's doing anything. So we have hearing after hearing after hearing and realize nothing's going to happen. So with us average Americans, if we get audited, we're going to go to jail. We're going to fight until we can prove that we're innocent. Yes. We're going to be guilty until innocent. Yes. And we realize that is not how America is supposed to go. And I haven't given one dime to the Republican Party in the last eight years because they're doing nothing. I agree. And everyone is frustrated. The Democrats have overplayed their hand. They have nothing to lose. And I swear they sit in the Oval Office every single day and just say, these American people are so stupid. Let's see what else we could get get away with. And they're getting away with everything. Yeah. So it is time for us to not target the left, but to target the GOP and say, look, You've been a grave disappointment. You over here, you've been great. You're a grave disappointment. And I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure the other guy wins in November. And send a constant message, especially to Mitch McConnell. It ain't 1975. The Glenn Beck Program. I want to talk to you about uh, Covenant Eyes. Pornography is an uncomfortable uh, talking uh, point and topic. It is... It is one that is destroying families. It's destroying boys and men. It is destroying our culture, everything. It tears lives apart. We have to talk about it. I want to tell you about a company that is working for you and your family by helping people deliver and develop a pornography-free life. It's called Covenant Eyes. It was founded in America, and for the past 22 years, they have walked alongside with over 1.5 million people to get pornography out of their life. It's Covenant Eyes. You and your family members can remain accountable for the things that get viewed on your devices. They help you track the things that you're looking at and the things that your kids are looking at. It also pairs you with an accountability partner of your choosing. Right now, try Covenant Eyes free for 30 days. That's free for a 30-day trial so you can see how it works for yourself and be proactive in protecting your family and, quite honestly, your soul. We need to be clean of stuff like this if we are going to be ready for whatever comes next. Visit coveyes.com slash glenn. That's C-O-V-Eyes.com slash glenn.
about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. 888-727-BECK. Today is a temperature check. I want to make sure that I am listening to you. It is important uh, for me to hear your voice and to know what's going on in your life, what you're concerned about, uh, what uh, you are angry about, what I can do to help, what we need to address that maybe has been left on the table. Answer any question. The number is 888-727-BECK. We're going to take your phone calls all day today. 727-BECK. Today is your day to be heard. Well, the day is finally coming to a close, and you ease yourself down into bed, and you stare up at the ceiling, thinking, wow, tomorrow I've got so much to do. What is tomorrow going to bring? Oh, ow, hey, oh, pain is the answer. If that is the answer, it's not surprising. Millions of Americans deal with pain in their lives every single day. So what are you doing about it? I know, you've probably tried absolutely everything. I did too. I went to the Mayo Clinic. I went to uh, Columbia University. I went everywhere trying to figure out what could be done and no answers, no answers. I gave up and my wife said, try Relief Factor. It's not gonna work. Try it. All right, I did. 1995, a dollar a day, three weeks. You're supposed to take a breakfast, lunch and dinner for three weeks. See if it makes a difference for you. I got my life back. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com. 800, the number four relief. 800, the number four relief. Relief Factor. Feel the difference. All right. Uh, let me go to uh, Tanya uh, in Washington State. Hello, Tanya. Hey. Um, so when the Republicans don't do what they're supposed to do or even get into Congress, um, <laughs> then what do we do? <laughs> yeah. I mean... When, when law enforcement, when federal law enforcement is, uh, took the same so to defend the Constitution against all threats from domestic. And okay, hang on just a second. Are you walking around, Tanya? Because we're losing you. You're, you're, I am not. You're breaking up. Okay, just sucks. Okay, I'm going to skill still i'm not even going to move my neck okay good 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 <laughs> the neck movement hold that, was that the problem there. hold that for an hour that position all right go ahead i'm gonna strike pose um so when the when the when congress doesn't do anything after the next election mm-hmm. um in spite of everybody everybody that's in government takes an oath to defend the constitution not the government the constitution against all threats foreign and domestic when Congress doesn't do anything, is there another law enforcement branch? Because clearly the FBI is not going to do anything. So, They're part of it. Right. Your best. Can, can Go ahead. Come what, after them. What'd you say? Can who? Some other law enforcement go after them? Because no, I you, would imagine police. Department. Yeah, you can't go after. You can't. Uh, Tanya, we're just going to hang up now because your connection's so bad. Um, let me answer it, though, on radio. Um, you can't go after the feds with a you know local or state police force. Um, however, your attorney general, if you have an attorney general open in your uh, state, you must find out who they are. 
if they are not law and order as far away from George Soros as they can possibly get, you're in trouble. You need your attorney general to be strong against ESG, strong against this new reimagining of the police, strong on enforcing the laws. And if they're not already doing it, they probably won't. So you need to find out. The best thing you can do is strengthen your local and state because that is the pushback. The other is if you're voting for a sheriff, and I, I honestly, I, I never knew who my sheriff, I don't care. That was stupid. The sheriff is the last line of defense. It is the attorney generals in every state. The states have the power to hold the line. Everything that these guys are doing, they don't have the constitutional backing. So the states can say, you don't have any place here. You have no place on that issue. ESG, where is that in the Constitution? Where do you, where, where in the Constitution do you see spending our money to save cl- the climate? Where is that? Nope, not doing it. Okay, that's the state. You get that and the local government that is crucial to get. Then you also have to vote for your congressman and your senator. And you got to get the best ones out there. And I'm telling you right now, this is this will be the last election that we have as the United States of America, as we know it, if they win the House and the Senate. If they win after all of this, the House and the Senate, I don't think we have another election in 2024 that is, you know, probably gettable. Um, I don't know even know what happens. This stuff has to stop now. So the Republicans have one chance and you need to let them know this is it, guys. This is it. And I'm sending you because I believe You understand this is it. We're at the end of the road. Will you protect and defend the Constitution? And to to highlight your point on the state level approach, has there been a clearer example of this working than during COVID? We had two years of a a two-tiered society. Yes. Where I had friends living in blue states who couldn't eat in restaurants and couldn't go out and do things and couldn't. Uh, you know, were required to do all sorts of things they didn't want to do. And this went on for a really long time. Yeah. And you see the difference in a place like, you know, Iowa and uh, South Dakota and Texas and Florida and Arizona, where there was a period where things were, you know, really, I mean, people basically chose to stay in for a while when yeah. they were figuring this thing out. And oh, About it, three months or so. Yeah. And it, things opened up and things got back to normal a lot more quickly. I mean, I, we had problems, at least I did, Glenn. Doing the show in mid to late 2020, because every day was a story about COVID and all these terrible restrictions, and it didn't feel like that at all here. I know. It felt like I had no no real connection with half the country and how they were living because we lived in a state that chose freedom over uh, oppression. And that's another reason why, if you're in one of these states, the time to get out is now. Go to where they're not going to impose these rules because those states didn't learn their lesson. If I'm in Michigan and you go with the same governor you had, 
Get out. After that. Get out. Get out. Because the people around you don't see the world the way you see it. And they are going to be emboldened by a reelection. But then again, look at what's happening in San Francisco. You know, progressives are, are not necessarily the diehard revolutionaries. I mean, the progressive movement is revolutionary. It is to transform us into a communist society. Talking about the early 20th century progressive. That's what it was about. But I don't think some progressives don't believe that. They're like, I'm not for that. Well, they're now starting to see that's what they're getting. They're getting chaos and absolute control. The people in San Francisco, they vote out their school board. They take their their mm. district attorney out mm. and say, nope, enforce the law. And the person that won is somebody who is enforcing the law. She's pulling back all those plea bargains. That's pretty significant. It's going to happen in the local, uh, in your local area. But the the Congress, you you must go out and vote. You must go out and vote. This has to be a massive message in November. And, you know, hopefully you have somebody that is good. But even if you have the only person you have on the ballot is mediocre, we can hopefully pressure the this is not 2010. You know, when there was that wave election, we still didn't have enough. There's enough in Congress now that when they get control, if we help them, if we help them, I think we have a chance. I'm not guaranteeing anything. I don't trust any of these weasels, but I do know there are those inside that know exactly what time it is, and I am doing everything I can to desperately tell them, one chance, guys. This is it. We're at the end of the line. One more thing. I I hope nobody in this audience is thinking about well, we gotta, we gotta get our guns and fight. Really? Okay. Let me just let me just ask you this. Uh, you've got eighty-seven thousand IRS agents coming. Uh, well, that's how we're going to hire. You have the greatest military in the history of the world being controlled. Yeah, but most of us, you know. Red states, we're the ones with the milk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know. What has been the biggest problem? Well, let me ask you this. What is the biggest problem for Ukraine? Ukraine is up, up, up against a pretty crappy army, quite honestly. What's been the biggest problem? Money. Who in the world is going to step up and send the conservative constitutionalists $60 billion? Who in the world would just not condemn us? 
And I'm not saying that's a reason you don't stand up for you what you believe. You absolutely have to. At the local and state level, you must. And then tell your representative, stand up. Next year, next session of Congress is going to be critical. If they screw it up, it's going to re- rely just on the states. I think we got one more chance with Congress. But if everything goes south again, who, who in the world? Oh, I know Russia. Russia might come to our defense. You want to stand with Russia? Because I don't. The founders spoke often of a guy named Haim Solomon. I've told you his story before. He was the guy who financed and worked on relationships all around the world to get financing. Haim Solomon, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't. If you look at the star and the pattern of the stars on our dollar, on the back of our dollar, it is in the sign of a star of David. That was a tip of the hat to the guy the founders said was one of, if not the most important player. The guy who could make the money, find the money, get the money. Heim Solomon. Uh, you have the entire world arrayed against you. Entire world. Back in just a second. Someday, all of the things that are going on in our country will be history. Now, I don't know who's going to write it, but uh, if I have anything to say about it, my children and grandchildren are going to hear about how the Constitution almost fell, and it was saved by people who understood God and the history of our country. Will you join me on that one? The only way, I I really think it's going to be our kids that are going to be the ones responsible, especially the 20-somethings. They are going to be responsible. They are going to be the ones that turn it or don't. It's the next generation. Have you taught your kids everything they need to know about the country so they know what the ideas are that they're fighting for? Right now, you can go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com and get the Tuttle Twins American History Book. It will teach you and your family the stories behind our history. They're throwing in audiobooks, workbooks, and so much more. They're now uh, going to um, give you the sample chapter as part of the deal, so you can just look at it before you buy the book. Do it before it's too late. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. That's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Welcome to the, uh, the Glenn Beck program. So let me, let me ask you, what is the, what is the problem with the warrant have you heard the real problem with the warrant for Donald Trump? What are you hearing? The problem from our perspective or the problem from 
constitutional. I mean, it just seems like they, it, it strikes me as basically a general warrant, right? This is the, what is a general warrant? Excellent, Stu. To just go search, looking for stuff. Uh, basically, a, a, pa- a free pass for a fishing expedition. Right. You can go in and look anywhere and just grab papers that you might think, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much what the warrant says. Mm-hmm. It is a general warrant for his whole house, okay? Any papers lying around, you can grab them. Any boxes with papers, you know, you can look in these places, but any part of the house. And it's a big house. It's a big house. He's got a big big house. house. Yeah. Okay. That's called a general warrant. And the reason why this is in our Fourth Amendment is because this is way this is the way the king would get his own citizens over in England. And they were outlawed in England, I think, in like. 1600 some something like that um and uh they were they just came into a guy's house um and uh started searching everything not for illegal papers just papers and he's like um i i wasn't committing a crime you guys came in and you're just doing a general warrant you cannot do it and it's where the castle doctrine actually starts a man's home is his castle mm-hmm. Okay, well, the king was doing that to us. This is, according to John Adams, the spark that lit the revolution, because in 1755 or four um, before the Declaration of Independence, let's leave it at that one. (laughs) Do your own homework. (laughs) I urge you. Um, But anyway, um, the king just said general warrants. And so. Any cop, anybody could just go, I got a general warrant here from the king. And they could go into your house and take anything they wanted. And just say, you're under suspicion. That's why the Fourth Amendment exists. This is what happened to Donald Trump. This, is, this allows them to kick the door down in the middle of the night. You're not charged with anything. They're just looking. They're just looking to see wonder if they have anything. Wonder what they got in there. They can do, use it to hassle you. They can do it just to see. Does he have anything he shouldn't have? That that's a general warrant. We don't do that in America. And it's a fundamental principle of America and a fundamental principle in justice. Imagine what the South could have done and what the South probably did do until we started enforcing the Fourth Amendment from the federal government and saying to these states, you're not doing that. Imagine you're black and you're living in a southern state. What they could do and probably what they did do just going in with a general warrant. What am I suspected of? What am I You're all guilty. You know it. You're all guilty. We know you. And they could just go terrorize your family and bust in at any hour and just take whatever they wanted. That's not justice. That is not justice. Also, one other thing. When I heard they charged him with the Espionage Act. Excuse me? Or they're they're thinking about it. 
You know, he, that, he that might was the be, basis yeah, for the warrant. He might, be, he might be violating the Espionage Act. Really? Really? You think Donald Trump is taking nuclear secrets and selling them to whom? Beyond that, you know, I don't know if you have thought this out as a society or in the Justice Department. You know, the nuclear secrets... That's kind of big. They're not just like in a file cabinet in the drawer of the president. Okay, If he wants a nuclear secret, he's got to ask for it. And it's the kind of thing that usually comes over with a handcuff, you know, on a briefcase. And then that person shows it to the president. And they've got to sign for it if they want to keep it. And somebody has to stay there. It's not like... Hey, so I was on the crapper this morning and I picked up accidentally a nuclear secret document. I'm going to keep it. The Glenn Beck Program. Back to the phones here in a second. Freedoms that you and I hold dear uh, come at a real high cost. Sometimes, some people, the cost is the ultimate cost. I want to talk to you about Tunnels to Tower. Tunnel to Towers Foundation is uh, something... That started after 9-11, they wanted to take care of the first responder families. These families were hurting, lost a loved one, either fire or police, just trying to do the right thing. They were running up the stairs when the building came down. They decided they wanted to take care of those families, pay off the mortgages, make sure that the family was secure and didn't have to worry about financial issues while they're worried about everything else. Well, now they've taken that on not only with fire and police all over the country, but they're also doing it for our veterans. I want you just to go to T2T, Tunnel 2 Towers, T, the number 2 T.org. Read about them. And would you consider making a donation of $11 a month? Heck, $5 a month if that's what you can afford. T2T.org. Do it now. Subscribe to Blaze TV. You can do it at blazetv.com slash Glenn and use the promo code Glenn. More phones are next. Coming up at the top of the hour in just about 25 minutes or so, we're going to talk a little bit about politics, the polls. They are tightening uh, and it is closer than I feel comfortable with. We'll have more on that coming up in just a minute. Kelly in Colorado, you're on the Glenn Beck program. Good morning, sir. Hi, how are you, Kelly? I'm good, thank you. I just have a really quick question, uh-huh. and I hope I don't come across as sounding illiterate. <laughs> Biden has shut down the oil in America yeah, and has gone begging to other countries. Yes. Why can't those oil companies just open back up? Why do they have, why does, why do they have to have his permission to open up? Oh, they don't need his permission. What they do need is money. Uh, let me see if I can well, find federal these. lands. They have a, he has a lot to do with what goes yes. on on federal lands. Correct. That's a big part of the controversy. Right. So and, any any private land they have, they could open back up. But the other problem that they have with that uh, is and I can't find it right now um, is the, the fact that uh, you can't drill if you don't have money. It takes millions and millions and millions of dollars to start or to turn on a well again. And all of the banks, I just read this morning, I think it's 56 banks and uh, lenders have all sworn off. They're not a dime 
to oil companies that want to drill or to pump oil. So between the president shutting off some lands, uh, a good amount of lands, and the banks and the uh, investment people saying, we're not investing in that anymore, they don't have money. I would, I would say, too, a, bi- a, a big part of this is Thank you, Kelly. the idea that these companies can invest massive amounts of money to get this drilling going with no assurances, not only that they will be able to finish the job, because maybe in maybe the Green New Deal passes and they can't they just lose all this money, but also uh, pretty much it, did, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a good chunk of it did. Yeah. Um, the other part of it, though, is just the, the price of oil. I mean. You know, we talk about it because we talk about it in the sense of Biden and and gas prices and all of that. But like the the price of oil has been all over the map over the past 10 years. I mean, it's been all over the map from 100, you know, go back to a little bit over 10 years ago. We saw $140 barrel oil and we saw like $20 barrel oil. And there was at one point where like the certain markets actually went negative in price for oil. Yeah. So these companies are trying to figure this out with no real ability to predict this, especially with all the pressures that you're talking about with ESG and the government basically shutting them down. You get halfway through a project, you invest billions of dollars, and all of a sudden they say, well, no, now you're not going to be able to do that anymore because an election went a different way. It's a really difficult climate for these companies. Well, it's that that is the reason why we have to have laws that this is part of the thing that made us America is that our laws were stable Mm -hmm. and so people could invest here. Well, you're not going to invest if you think I'm going to pour all my money into it and then you're going to have another president and it's going to go the opposite way. No, that is what's killing America. And that is, you know, by design. Let me go to Chris in Illinois. Hello, Chris. How are you doing, Beck? Good. It's really good to hear from you, man. Stand up. (laughs) <laughs> but, um, listen to me every day man Thank my you. question is when do you think this department of education is going to stop forcing these transgender and drag queen rights and interest on our children at such such young ages oh i think that's going to stop the minute we abolish the department of ed uh, of education and that should be the republican mantra abolish the department of ed i mean it's just it's just gotten too far i mean i can't afford to homeschool my kids but i'd like to you know yeah i know and and look if the community in san francisco they want to do that and teach their kids that well good luck you can do that but my community doesn't want that. I don't think most American communities want all of this bullcrap. We should have the final say what our children are being taught. And that's what the Department of Ed took from our teachers. That's why we don't have teachers that can actually, that are allowed to teach. They're not allowed to uh, teach it in their own way. You know, has anybody ever heard of Johnny Horton? Johnny Horton was uh, a singer in the 50s or 60s, and he did songs like uh, North to Alaska. Um, And he had about three or four hits. The guy was a history teacher. Okay, He would write these songs and he would perform them for his class to help them remember the story. Okay, 
Where's that teacher today? That teacher doesn't exist because that teacher couldn't do that. That's not on the test. That is the Department of Ed. That has to be abolished. There is a lot of movement, too, in this idea that, you know, fund the students, not the system. Going around, you know, it's been consistent with the voucher push for Republicans for a long time, but it seems to be really energized since the COVID thing happened. And, And there is some real change happening in states and districts across the country. So I don't know where like, uh, we we don't have the caller on the on the line anymore. But if if you're in your local area, you know there's there's real movement, and maybe you know you might not be able to afford homeschooling, but there are other approaches to that. Uh, whether it's uh, a voucher system that helps you pay for private school that doesn't suck, right? And you know what, that all should be happening at the local and state level. Mm-hmm. Okay, we should not be sending money. Why why are we sending money? To Washington, D.C. to be able to get 40 cents back, if we're lucky, Mm. in our own schools. That's just stupid. Stupid. And everybody's building these palaces for schools. (laughs) Why? You think that's going to make it better for education? That's not doing anything. And listen, things are changing. In California... There is a district uh, in Oakland. I want to say Oakland. Um, just doing this off the top of my head. Um, but there's a district in, Opla- uh, in Oakland that put in all of this, you know, bullcrap, all of this, you know, equity bullcrap in reading. They have now, before they started, they had 19% could graduate and read. 19%. So they're like, we got to try something else. So they got rid of phonics. Now they they don't even know what the number is now, but the reading scores are going through the floor. And the teachers, it was the teachers that wanted the socialist bullcrap. Now teachers are standing up and saying, get rid of all of this. None of this makes sense. None of the, in Oakland. America is beginning to understand that this is all a lie. And sure, it was all fun and games when you wanted to do it. But now that we see the results and you want everybody to do it, I think America is starting to wake up enough locally and by state to say, yeah, we're out. We're out. There's a better way to do it. Uh, let me go to Lee in Utah. Hello, Lee. Hey, uh, you had Michael Lindsay on not long ago. I'm reading his latest book. It's called Wokecraft, him yeah. and his co-author. They quote this guy, um, if I remember his right, name right, Rudy Deutsch. He was an early communist in Germany. Mm-hmm. He was the one that coined the phrase, the long march through the institutions. I think you are exactly right that the only way we can combat that is through the short sprint through the electorate. We have the opportunity every 12 years to just plow the field, and we're doing it. I mean, you see people who just got started in local politics or have never held office who are ending up on the national stage. I know. You see things like in Utah. I mean, David Levitt, our attorney general, got his butt handed to him in the primary. I think in no small part to his 
<laughs> great interview with you. Um, <laughs> but uh, by the way, he's not your attorney general. He is your your district attorney. Your attorney general oh, yeah, is Sean Reyes, attorney. and he's you're amazing. Right, right, right. And Sean Reyes is a great guy. But you're right, super local. Yep, we're seeing it. We're doing something about it. We always talk about having to create a bench for the national stage. But you see people coming out of nowhere who are suddenly looking at making it on the national stage because voters are fed up. And if we can just keep our eye on that ball, you're exactly right. That's where change can happen fast. You know, the, um, whenever, I, whenever I hire for my staff, I have always said, why would I take an apple from the barrel? A lot of them are rotten. I'm going to the tree and pick them off the tree. That's what happens when you start thinking locally. You can raise up that apple. You can see that apple up close and you can see the, the tendencies of that apple. And before you know it, they're on the national stage. There's, you know, this is not the Tea Party, although read Obama's book. The Tea Party was a huge success. He writes in his book, it was the Tea Party that stopped him. Did you know that? He's like, it was the Tea Party that frustrated everything and I couldn't get anything done. Amen. And the New York Times just did a big story about how the entire country changed in 2010. That this was the, the, the whole pushback against the, all their progress goes back to that 2010 election where the Tea Party rose and gave, pr- delivered the biggest wave election in a century. Now, that's not us saying it. That's the New York Times saying right. it. Right. Now, this is, this is, we can't do what we did back then and gather in big crowds and everything else because we can't. Uh, it is, it's, it's just too dangerous to do things. But that doesn't mean we're not a big crowd. We have to unite again and make our voices heard at the ballot box. If this becomes a wave election, and Stu will show you in a minute, it's close. It may not be a wave. Um, you know, when you, when you look at the poll numbers, you're like, well, if I were a betting man, it's not easy. It has to be a wave. And the people, especially those uh, like Kevin McCarthy and um, uh, Yertle the Turtle, they need to know you're out of step. You're way, way out of step. It's time to enforce the Constitution and actually do what you were sent there for, and that is to protect and defend the Constitution. All right, back in just a minute. Let me tell you about walking in your front door on the way to work and just leaving the front door wide open, right? How many times has that happened to you? Right before you get in your car, you hammer a big sign in the front lawn that says, doors unlocked, feel free to come in at any time. I'll be back around 5 p.m. That's basically what we're doing online. If we don't have protection, that's what you're doing. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft affect our lives. We do everything online these days. And if you don't want to cut the Internet safety, uh, then don't cut it out of your budget. Right now, as we're all reducing our budget, you can save 25% off a subscription 
to LifeLock. It is top of the line in cybersecurity, both preventative measures to keep you safe and because nobody can catch everything or monitor everything. They also have access to a restoration team if you do end up having your information hacked into. Join now. Save up to 25% off your first year with the promo code BECK, B-E-C-K. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. Make sure you use the promo code BECK. Stay informed. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com. This is the Glenn Beck program. Let's go to Terry in California. Hello, Terry. Hello? Yes, go ahead. You're on. Oh, okay. Heck, yeah. Good to talk to you, Mr. Beck. Thank, Thank you, you, sir. I've been following you since your Fox days, and, um, you know, I just following right along. Blonde, blonde Thank the blade. You. Anyway. Thank you. Um, what, uh, my question is, what's being done, and how can we be assured that the elections are not rigged and are fair to all? Because the conversation sort of fell silent on that issue. Yeah. Um, there's no way to, um, there's nothing I could say to assure you uh, of that. Um, I think some states have, you know, locked things down. Some states have not. Um, getting the Zucker money, uh, Zuckerberg money out is a big help. Um, but in some states, they're still allowing it. So, you know, there's nothing I can do. And the, the reason is the average person, it's I think in the 80s or 90s, wants verified voting. They want voter ID and they want to be able to verify those votes. 80 or 90 percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah, it's over crazy. 80. It is a crazy amount. So the people want it, but the politicians don't because the politicians, you know, it might it might help them. They can play the game that they're playing. Um, that has to be that has to happen. The problem is when we look into this last election, who does who who do you trust to be on a 9-11 board? And who does the left trust? I can't think of anybody. I can't think of anybody. Um, it, it, it We're never going to solve this unless we start to find some people with real integrity um, that are not just playing politics. But Americans, to Americans today, everything is politics. Sports is politics. Education is politics. Movies are politics. Food is political. Everything is political. So until we start getting that stuff out of politics, we're not going to be able to agree on people with politics because everything is political now. I wish I could I wish I could help you out more on that or give you some really good news, but it has to be cleaned up and that is the local and state's job and until the people of each state demand it it's not going to happen in each state all right we look at the election take more of your phone calls and look at the election next the glenn back program want to talk to you a little bit about uh strive asset management strive is uh Vivek Ramaswamy's uh, company. And Vivek has been on with us 
What's his history, Stu? He's like a serial entrepreneur and uh, a guy who has has done hedge funds and yeah, really smart guy, kind very of really successful. well known throughout uh, the industry. Yeah, and uh, looking at the, I think the world in a really interesting way. Yeah, he's looking at it kind of like we do. Uh, he's going up against BlackRock and State Street and Vanguard with his own exchange traded fund, which is called Drill D R L L. That's how you find it on the stock market. Drill. It is dedicated to investors who believe we should drill. We've got to give these companies a message that it's okay to drill and send a message to um, all of these other hedge funds. You who are in ESG and are trying to stop this stuff, you are going to fail. Strivefunds.com slash DRLL. Look for that now, please. This is a way for you to invest in our future. Strivefunds.com slash drill. I can't believe that 40% of this country, 48% of this country, actually believe that Donald Trump is capable of uh, uh, violating the Espionage Act and is selling nuclear secrets. Yeah, that, that sure sounds like him. That sure sounds like it. That's ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Um, I want to talk to you this hour about the election. Because if we don't get out and vote, we have no chance of winning and we have to take the House and it'd be nice to take the Senate. So I would love for you to uh, hear how close things really are right now. Stu brings us up to date on the November election in just a second. Considering how expensive everything is right now, it's got to be a relief when you can find something that isn't getting more costly by the day. That's one of the reasons I love CarShield. You don't have to worry about, you know, how much it's going to cost you if your car breaks down. You already have a locked-in price. In your coverage plan, it's all locked in. You're not going to pay more. They may pay more, but you're not going to pay more. If that isn't incredible in 2022, nothing is. CarShield offers the protection plans for around 100 bucks a month. And all you have to do is choose the mechanic to do the work, and CarShield handles everything else. And you can count on CarShield to help take care of you when your car breaks down. If you're stuck on the side of the road, every protection plan includes coast-to-coast roadside assistance, rental cars options, and trip reimbursement at no extra cost. And the price will never go up. Car Shield. When my car or my trucks break down, I have Car Shield and I don't worry about it. Get coverage today. Carshield.com slash back. Carshield.com slash back or call 800 391 8888. Carshield.com slash back. 
So, Stu, I saw some really disturbing things. Here's here's one headline. Uh, This one's coming from The Guardian. The Republican Party has reason to fear the midterms. Oh, okay. And then uh, 2022 Senate election forecast from 538. uh, Democrats win 61 in 100. Republicans win 39 in 100. Yeah, that's not good. The odds. No, that's not good. That's That's not not good. good. And, And the Republicans were ahead on that on that breakdown earlier it was it's always been close and i i we did our first senate preview a couple of months ago on studios america in which i said look this is not easy like <laughs> i think it feels easy because i talked to a lot of my conservative friends who look at biden and his approval rating and think obviously this is a home run you take the house and the senate back mm-hmm. part of this is structural in which the seats just don't line up particularly well for republicans this cycle this goes back and forth in 2024 it's a very good cycle for republicans so they will have a real advantage structurally in 2024 that's not the case here in 2022 the democrats have the advantage structurally it's just a matter of which seats are up in which states so it's harder for republicans to to take those those purple opportunities those blue leaning opportunities and grab them in a climate in which they are favored yes However, the House is the opposite, where the House is basically all just climate, right? It's, it, that's how it's decided every single time. Mm-hmm. Now, individual candidates can affect races, and you may lose a, a, a race or two because you've nominated a crappy candidate. But generally speaking, that should be much easier for Republicans to win. Now, they have to win one of these two. If they don't win one of these two, that's really, really bad. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say end of republic, but end of republic kind of stuff. <laughs> it I feels mean, that way. You know, I've, I, we've talked about this every election. People say, most important election of a lifetime. I think this is the last one of the republic. If the, if the Democrats win both houses and have the presidency and there is no stopping them, there's no speed bump. Uh, it's just all going to be left up to the states. Well, speed bump this time has been their own party. Joe Manchin, Kirsten Sinema. Yeah, that worked out well. And of course, as we as we promised you from the very beginning, Joe Manchin will not save you. He never will. He'll never come to your rescue. He'll never be on a horse there just to, to make sure you're just A-OK in the end. He will always screw you every single time. That's how the story ends. Just want to remind voters in West Virginia who voted for Donald Trump by 39 points last election that maybe Joe Manchin should not be the choice next time if he chooses to run again. Just a little request from the rest of the country. We have tons of crappy senators all around the rest of the country, but really we shouldn't have any from West Virginia. That that shouldn't be an option. So hopefully that one gets uh, But While he's on that topic, I'd just like to say uh, next election, will somebody please run? against Mitt Romney and throw him the hell out too. Mm, that would be nice. That would be nice. Your turn. Uh, some- <laughs> okay. okay. So now that we're done with our pitching. Yeah. Um, so the Republicans are favored to win the house, but again, it's about a, it's a four to one type of thing. It's about 80, 20, according to five thirty eight, which again is no sure thing, right. though. It is a, they are heavy favorites at this point. The, there has been some, a big media push to try to come up with reasons why this is going to turn around and Democrats are going to win. 
one of the big ones is the abortion thing. They're trying to make the Kansas election into this beacon of hope for Democrats, that they will be able to get all that energy behind their base and they will all come out and vote because they're so sad no. that they can't kill children anymore that they're going to wind up winning this election. No. I think the Kansas thing, we talked about this after, right after, I think the Kansas thing was a very isolated, weird example. It was not particularly written well. It was uh, right after Mm-hmm. The overturn, which was not planned, mm-hmm. it was supposed to happen before an overturn of Roe versus Wade happened. That was the idea behind it. Uh, it. The energy was all with the Democrats in an off election during a primary where not everyone's focused on it. Blah, 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 blah. I think if you brought that same thing up in Kansas in two years, it would it would pass on our side. But we'll see. That's because they're going to try it again. Surely. I don't think on an election day where everyone's going to be focused on it, that you're going to get more energy out of the left over abortion than on the right for Biden's performance, for inflation, for the economy, for raiding the former president's house, for all the things that Republicans are fired up about. I don't think there's any chance that that works. So I heard speculation that uh, over the weekend, they wanted Donald Trump to win. They want Donald Trump. They want him. They want him up in the polls. They want his... His people very excited, uh, and they they said that they thought, or th- this person I was talking to thought that this was intentional from the left because they wanted to make this campaign as well about Donald Trump. I don't think that that is crazy. Now I don't know that you'd say it doesn't make any sense. Stu, yeah. mm-hmm. it's twenty twenty two. Nothing is crazy. crazy. <laughs> That's a good point. There's two ways to look at this, right? If you're a Democrat. Number one, uh, you have Donald Trump, who is a known quantity. You know for sure that 45% of the country hates his guts and will never vote for him no matter what. Like, that is the starting point of this election, okay? You also know that 45% of the country will walk through a wall of fire to vote for the guy. So you take your chance with with the few people in the middle and hope that you can squeak out a relatively close election with those people, generally speaking, in the suburbs and uh, generally speaking, women who in 2016 leaned towards Trump in 2020 lean towards Biden. And you say they're not going to go back to Trump. The things that turned them off from Trump in 2020 are, are have not gone away. He will be as divisive as he's ever been, and we can walk that same line. The other side of this is, in support of your friend's theory here, is the idea that we don't know how to fight that battle against Ron DeSantis. We have shown no ability to put a dent in what he's tried to do in Florida. Now, they... This is a risky strategy for Democrats, because, again, if you believe Democrats, they will tell you that Donald Trump is actually Hitler. So to promote his candidacy would would be something that is against every human. Well, I have read Ron Trump is Hitler. Ron DeSantis (laughs) is worse. worse. (laughs) Of course. I mean, it's every time. Yes. So I don't know who that I mean, Lucifer, Mm -hmm. I guess. Right. Now, we do not have, you know, looking at the DeSantis option, they don't know how to beat him. They have not shown the ability to beat him. They took a situation where they probably should have beat him for the first time when he was running for governor and lost. 
And they have not been able to put a dent in him. He's going to win this election easily by all appearances here in Florida for governor. So they don't really they don't have a great strategy on this one yet. The other thing, though, is they do not have 45 percent of people who see Ron DeSantis as a movement. A lot of conservatives like him. But I mean, even in just name familiarity, he has he is nowhere near the situation that Donald Trump is Mm -hmm. in. So it's a risky strategy if they really believe Donald Trump is uniquely dangerous. And that's their case on all this stuff. We should be able to do this stuff. You shouldn't worry about us raiding a former president's home because he's so uniquely terrible and dangerous to the country. That's their entire case. Yet, here they are theoretically wanting to run against him because they think they can defeat him. Now, look, they made that same bet in 2016. They did. I mean, MSNBC aired every single one of his rallies in full in 2016. The same thing with CNN. They went out and gave this guy an incredible amount of free media during the primary which was a big reason why he wound up winning the primary i mean you know that's 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 been well covered then they wound up getting burned by it in a big big way how let me get back to the house and senate race Mm -hmm. how are the uh people that would vote like trump and i i mean that are really dedicated to all right let's abolish the let's abolish the, the department of education Let's use every constitutional thing that we have. And I'm tired of Mitch McConnell and all of this crap. How many people are running and are winning who appear to be those kind of people? Is there any kind of sense of that yet? It's pretty mixed. It's mixed on the type of race that they're in. You know, we're seeing Trump, people who Trump has endorsed doing really well in the places you'd kind of expect it. Right. Where he, you know, where, where. Uh, red, more red states. Uh, you know, the, the obvious example of the alternate is, is Dr. Oz, who is not doing well against a man who is barely alive. A man <laughs> who... Oh, he's still alive? Yeah, I think. I've seen footage of him recently, and I'm starting to question it. But, I mean, Fetterman is, you know, the man had a... He wasn't good before this, but he had a massive stroke. He's hidden from the public in Pennsylvania for months. And... You mean, like, He's in his basement? Like, he's running the Joe Biden 2020 campaign <laughs> all over again. It's crazy, isn't it? Sometimes, and it certainly so far has worked for him, staying out of the spotlight and not reminding people who you are works really well sometimes. Uh, you know, especially with someone you know like Dr. Oz, who is so well-known and, again, immediately sets a giant percentage of the population into two camps. And... Unlike Donald Trump, who has a big movement behind him in support, I'll walk through a wall of fire. There isn't that sort of movement for Dr. Oz. So because the people who really know him were kind of Oprah fans. And I don't think the Venn diagram of Oprah and Trump. (laughs) No, it's not. not, I'd like to see that. Huge crossover. Yeah. I mean, it might be like 10 feet apart. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the the polls in Pennsylvania show Fetterman up by double digits, most of them, which is. Oh, my gosh. Now, if you look at the overall Senate, the easiest way to understand this at this very moment is to basically start out, start your process at 4646. Okay. The seats that aren't up for election, plus the ones that should be easy for both sides. There's some, there's not, there's possibilities that there could be a couple of these races that would move in future months. But if you start right now, you're at 46, 46 with eight races left in the middle that are 
theoretically winnable for either side. That would include Pennsylvania, by the way. Uh, that's not winnable. So I, I mean, if you if you Between take that, that one out, corruption in Pennsylvania, I'm not convinced that they've cleaned that up. If you take that one, leave that one in the eight for the moment. Republicans would have to win five of the eight races to take control. Now, in that race, you're talking about Pennsylvania. You're talking about Wisconsin. You're talking about Nevada. These are not necessarily hardcore red states that should be easy, though they are all theoretically winnable. Um, Arizona is another one. Georgia. We talked to Herschel Walker the other day. That race, he's uh, polling showing him slightly behind. I thought he had a good appearance here on the show the mm-hmm. other day. And, uh, you know, it's important that he he, he win that race. That's crucial. Uh, New Hampshire is one that in a wave election is winnable for Republicans. But it, and it's a close race. The polling showing it very close. But will they be able to pull that off? You've got North Carolina in there as well. I think I mentioned Ohio. Ohio is a race I think they will win. Uh, that's well, that's one. That's one. Uh, you know, you look if I if you look at this, Arizona could go either way. Georgia, um, I think, should be one that they'd be favored on, but they've really gone after Herschel Walker, and it's hurt him so far. It's a close race. Uh, New Hampshire, I think, is one you typically assume you'd lose, but you is 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 winnable, and it looks like it's a tight race. North Carolina, again, it's a purple state. It's a, one of the closest states in the twenty twenty election. Uh, Nevada is you're trying to take out a Democratic incumbent, mm-hmm. but I think is winnable, especially if this is a Republican leaning year. Pennsylvania, I think, was really was winnable if the primary went the other way. Yeah. Now is really a question. Then you got Wisconsin and Ohio. OK, so here's the message from all of this. Write it down on your calendar. <laughs> Make sure you I've never said go pick people up and take them. I've never been, you know, like, hey, maybe we should get a bus. Uh, get a bus. Everyone you know has got to vote. Has got to vote or it doesn't stop. All right, back in just a minute. Sometimes the best uh, observations come from the people in the trenches rather than the experts. You might recognize the name Rick Harrison from the the, the show uh, Pawn Stars. This week on Fox and Friends, Rick said he knows the economy is bad because he's seeing what's coming into the store. Thanks to Biden inflation, many people who are are desperate to raise cash are pawning items off. He's seeing new younger people he typically doesn't encounter. He also said that inflation hits the lowest income people first and it spreads outward from there. The economy is not getting better at this point. It will eventually, but it's not going to for a while. So what can you do? Well, uh, you could hawk everything. Uh May I suggest to call Goldline? Goldline this week and this week only is giving away 20 of the new one ounce Benjamin Franklin copper rounds with every gold legal tender bar that is purchased. It's a huge number of rounds to be included free of charge. These bars always sell out. They just got a new shipment in. Don't wait. They're printed by the uh, or minted by the Canadian mint. They're beautiful, but they also Break down gold in usable bite-sized pieces. They're like little chiclets. Uh, Goldline.com. Contact them today. You also get a free copy of Carol Roth's latest Goldline exclusive newsletter. You know Carol Roth from the program. It's Goldline.com. Go there now. 866-GOLDLINE. Call them. 866-GOLDLINE or Goldline.com. 10 seconds. Station ID.
So if you just do a straight polling look, and assuming the election was held today and those polls held up, how would these look, these eight races? Republicans would need to get five of them to, to, hold, to win the Senate. Right now, Democrats are leading in six of the eight states. The only two states Republicans lead in. That's right, less than five. That's less than Republicans. Two is less than five. Okay. You should know. Yeah. The only two Republicans lead in right now are North Carolina. Even Car- if I show you my work and how I got there. Right. <laughs> yes. A common <laughs> core right. math. There's no way to turn right. that one around. Okay. Uh, North Carolina and Ohio. Both close races, but leads for Republicans. Nevada is almost a toss up exactly. It's a slight lean towards Democrats. But uh, you know what? I mean, six two. Not ideal. Suboptimal, as they would say. <laughs> and the looking at everything, how would you bet for Congress? For, for the House? For the House. The House, I think Republicans will win. I, I, I would say it would take a stunning turn for them to lose it. But stunning uh, turns, stunning have turns happen. Republicans yeah. blow races all the time. And I will yeah. say winning the House does nothing for court for the courts. That's a big problem. You can, if, you, if you win the House, yes, you can stop the bills. You can stop the the $1.9 trillion in spending that we just saw uh, at God, the, the God, $740 billion. that pit in my stomach. But it doesn't help you know, on the courts at all. So really winning the Senate is crucial. And, I, and I've said this. You want a, a stretch goal here. Mm-hmm. If the Republicans can, let's say, sweep these. It's not out of the question they could win any of these races. Or they win seven of the eight. Let's say that things go the right way that we want them to go because of the structural advantages in 2024 in the Senate. There is a possibility that Republicans could have a Republican house, a Republican president and a filibuster proof Republican Senate in 2024. That is not out of the realm of possibility if they don't suck in 2022. So that's sort of it. That's the sort of thing that could take what feels like a I need really, a puppy dog. I, I just need a puppy dog to hold. That's, that's a good I'm thing, though. This uh-huh. is the type of thing that would take the you angst added the that cavi- were was really good. And you added the caveat, catalog, uh, the caveat, if if they're good in 2022. Oh, okay, yeah, there, we're right. screwed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, I got a puppy dog for you to hold. Uh, I'll talk to you about it in just a second. Stand by. Thank you, Stu. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. No, no, it's you know. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, <laughs> back in just a second. The Glenn Beck Program. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. No matter what it is you're trying to do, if you need help, you want the help that comes from experts, real experts, not the Dr. Fauci sense of the word. You want people who are well-established with a reputation, somebody who hasn't lied to Congress over and over again, people who've been around a long time, been seen ups and downs who will steer you in the right direction when it comes to home loans the team experts they're american financing for over two decades now american financing has been helping people just like you get where they need to be and they could help you and your family as well and that is so critical right now we have to be saving money wherever we can and do the right things and it's hard to know sometimes please call the mortgage experts and look about refinancing consolidation loan they've got many ways they could help you save money call american financing now at 800-906-2440 or go to americanfinancing.net call them now 10 minute phone call just to say this is what i got can you guys help me american financing 800-906-2440 
blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn to save 10 bucks off of Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck program. I would like your attention for five minutes here. Um, and I have to start with a story. When I was when I was little, probably about six, maybe I had a dog named Prince and he looked just like Lassie. And when I was a kid, that was a big deal. And I have this picture of me on the boat on this old wrecked boat on our only vacation we took as, as kids uh, with our family, with me on this wrecked boat, you know, playing pirate with my dog, Lassie. What's wrong, Lassie? Somebody's drowning. Uh, and uh, and one day I came home and my Lassie was gone. And we lived, you know, not we didn't have a big yard and uh, he liked to run. And so my parents said, son, he really needed to go to a farm. And he's on this farm and he's running and he's happy and he's uh, lots of dogs there for him to play with. And it's very good. And I believed that. And I believed that up until about a year ago when I told my daughter, Hannah, who joins me in the studio now. And my daughter, Hannah, just looked at me and what was it you said? Uh... Something along the lines of, that's adorable. Do you really think that? <laughs> and I said, well, yeah, up until right now. But I still held out hope. I haven't told Hannah this. I saw her aunt, uh, Coletta, my sister, who is my older sister. And she said, you didn't buy the farm story. And I said, Yes, I did. And I'm still holding. And before I could get out, I'm still holding out hope. She said, oh, he was smushed under a truck. And. okay, so. I'm crushed by farm stories and puppy dogs. Now, my daughter is like some crazy animal activist. She saved a bird when she was living in New York. Nobody saves the birds in New York for the love of Pete. By the way, I'm convinced pigeons in New York are just white doves that have been playing in the oil. That's it. That's why they got that oil stain around their neck. And anyway, science, science, man, it's science. Uh, So my daughter uh, saves all kinds of uh, animals, including dogs. And it was at the beginning of COVID and you got what kind of dogs are these? Uh, Catahoula mixes. Okay. And, uh, she had this whole little puppy litter that was, you know, going to be gassed. And she was like, no, don't gas those puppies. I'll take them. And, uh, she, you know, what she does is she rescues them and then she, you know, farms them out to houses. Fostering. Whatever. And, uh, and so she, so the problem was, is that several of the puppies died and it was extraordinarily traumatic to the little ones, the, my grandchildren. And so they were like, Mom, we can't get rid of Stella. We can't. And Stella was so cute, blue eyes and black and white spot. I mean, just beautiful. 
And we were all like, yeah, mom, we can't. And uh, now she's had Stella for how long? Two years. Two years. And uh, it's time for Stella to go to a farm, but an actual farm, an actual farm. Uh, and the grandkids right now are with their father, so they can't, they're guaranteed not to hear this, but Hannah is giving away Stella. Yes. Um, like you said, we, we fostered these puppies. There were six to start. Oh, there's the pup. There's, there he is. Oh, that's Stella. That's Stella sitting on her bed (laughs) in the bushes right there. Stella is an adventurous one. She's very, very adventurous. Yes. 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 Not like a good apartment dog. No. Yeah. Stella needs a real farm. Yeah, a real farm. Um, yeah, when we got her, we, they, we had, they started with six puppies. They were in a super overcrowded, understaffed shelter sad. in East Texas, and they were very sick, sick when we finally got them. It was tragic. They were really, it was sad when they got there. It, w- it was a terrible couple of weeks losing yeah. so many puppies. And like you said, by the time that it was just Stella left, every, my children were just devastated. I mean, imagine oh gosh, growing yeah. up in a house where like six puppies died, one after another oh. after another. You know, they didn't all die at once in some sort of farming accident. They <laughs> one after another. And the kids were, you know, they're what, six and five at that time? Six and yeah, four? Something four like that. and six. Yeah. And they were, they were like, Grandpa, another puppy died. I mean, it was just tragic. So she has gotten up the nerve to, are you going to tell them the farm story? Uh, I, because <laughs> uh, if you do, when they turn 18, maybe even 16, I'm going to say, you didn't buy that farm story, <laughs> did you? Well, it'll be a true farm story this time. Sure. <laughs> now it doesn't have to be a farm does it no it doesn't okay. have to be a farm no. she stella needs uh a family preferably if they have a f- decent sized backyard would be yeah, great. great farm doesn't have to be the yeah, case yeah. but she i'm telling the kids she is a so she's a catahoula which i i'd never heard of cat it's full name's catahoula leopard dog um, and they are working dogs, and they're actually bred to hunt wild boar. So yeah, here in Texas, they'd be great if you hunt wild boar. Yeah. So she's very active. She's very tenacious. Very strong. She just needs a family that has a lot of time to dedicate to her. To, <laughs> to yeah, just to train her into. She's or a, just to pl- just she needs play. Yeah, more dedicated play, like more walks, more running, more everything. We have three dogs right now. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and I'm very well aware I'm, I'm the next door neighbor. Yes. Look at these dogs. Jesus, <laughs> people next door. They got dogs, animals, a giraffe is coming. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <sighs> she just needs some more time, some more attention. Mm-hmm. She's a wonderful, wonderful dog. All right. No, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. I'm just looking at the time. So how do people? So we made an email, mm-hmm. rehomestella at gmail.com, that if anyone's interested in giving her a new home, you can send 
uh, your info to that email. I would love to know maybe a little bit about your family, um, your situation. Um, and then we... I'm being the daughter of Glenn Beck. I hope you're going to make a huge profit on this. I hope, I mean, I hope this is going to pay for all the kids' colleges. Is wait, that what we're wait, looking wait, for here? You're making money on this? Because I didn't get my cut. I'm trying to recoup at least what we've spent on. <laughs> <laughs> really? That much? <laughs> I know what the medicine costs. Um, no, so it's she's free, isn't she? Yes, of yeah, course of she's course free. She's, yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> I mean, it was a good, I mean, you're a capitalist. I'm trying to, trying to help yeah, here. She's a 30-something. She's oh, going to okay. be like, you know. I don't know. Marxism isn't so bad <laughs> when it comes to dogs. Uh, uh, all right. So you, all you have to do is go. She does not find me funny. Oh, no. Have you she, noticed no, that? Definitely no, not. she doesn't. Definitely no. not. Mm -mm. Mm. Uh, <laughs> come on. It was a good childhood, though. It was fun. It was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> You know what's going to happen? I know it's going to happen. What? I start to I start to slow down a little bit, and mm -hmm. she's going to be saying, uh, hey, Tanya. And she'll say, I don't know where dad went. And she'll say, he went to a farm. <laughs> <laughs> With lots of other talk show hosts. And he's running free. Uh, Rehome Stella. S-T-E-L-L-A at gmail.com. Rehomestella at gmail.com. She is a really cute dog. She's and full grown now, isn't she? Yes, she's yeah. 50 pounds. She's full grown. And she is one of the sweetest, most tenderhearted dogs she is. I've ever had yeah. or met. Yeah, she's really sweet. Um, okay, Rehomestella at gmail.com. All right, cool. Thank you. Is that it for your day? I mean, you got two kids. You got three dogs. I'm done. You're done, just right? Gonna You're just going to go home, watch a soap opera <laughs> yep. or something, whatever it is you do. Eat bonbons. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, sweetheart. Okay. Um, back in just a second. Let me tell you about Rough Greens. Iris lives in Virginia, and she writes in about her dog's experience with Rough Greens. The day the trial pack uh, came, she writes, I put, uh, I, I put some on my hand and offered it to my dog. He licked it clean. Ever since then, he gets very anxious about mealtime. Don't I know it? When I'm mixing the rough greens in his kibble, he stands up and begs for his bowl. Funny thing is, he was always such a picky eater before. This is great stuff. It's not a dog food. It's a supplement that you, you sprinkle on your dog's food. It comes from naturopathic uh, Dr. Dennis Black. Um, and he came up with this formula, chock full of vitamins, minerals, probiotics, antioxidants, you name it. If it's healthy for your dog, it's in Rough Greens. And my dog loves it, and I have seen a change in my dog. The folks at Rough Greens are so confident that your dog is going to love it, that they have a special deal for you. It's roughgreens.com slash back. They're going to save you on the first trial bag. Uh, it is free. They just want you to try it. Make sure your dog likes it. So the trial bag is free. Just go to roughgreens.com slash Beck or call 833-G-L-E-N-N-33. It's 833-GLEN-33. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program. you missed any of the podcast today, you missed a lot. Uh, and tomorrow's podcast and broadcast is going to be remarkable as well. Uh, make sure you get it wherever you get your podcast today. And please rate and review. It helps us be discovered by uh, other people. 
It helps us in the algorithm department like anything is going to be. I think they just shut the algorithm off. It's like, Beck, nope. <laughs> um, Terrible for the uh, musician. Yes. Because uh, you've ruined his career, too. The what? The musician, Beck. Ruined his career. He was, uh, had a, he was on a uh, rocket ship to the moon until you started becoming popular. You ever seen his party together? <laughs> no, no. You have not. No. I, I've been watching a couple of shows here lately, and I just wanted to mention a couple of things. Um, have you been watching Only Murders in the Building? No, I haven't even heard of it. It is Steve Martin, Martin Short, oh, okay. uh, Nathan Lane. I don't remember who the girl is. Who's Selena Gomez. Hmm. And it's really good. Really good. Really? really funny. 28 minutes, clean, fun, oh, cool. kind of mindless. Uh, it's really great. And it's on Hulu. Do you have Hulu? I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a, every single service except for the 47 I don't have. I'm, I like, <laughs> it's incredible wait, how many wait. I don't have. I'm spending so much money on streaming services. I know. And yet I still don't have a bunch. I keep wanting to go. If to you a- had to have one, I would say that it would be Amazon. Really? But I like Hulu. I just started, uh, we just got Hulu. Just okay. started that. Mm-hmm. I like Hulu as well. I, I, I have that. I've got Netflix is meh. Meh. It used to be really good. Now mm-hmm. it's kind of meh. Um, anyway. Have you seen The Old Man on Hulu with Jeff Bridges? No. That's good, too? Fantastic. So much good TV out there. There really is. Somebody somebody was talking to me just the other day about Prey, P-R-E-Y. Yes. I've seen that. That's on Hulu as well, right? Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. And they said, really good. And I said, what is it? And they said, it's, uh, you know, another sequel or if it's actually a prequel to... Oh, it was with Arnold Schwarzenegger with Predator. Uh, yeah, Predator. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Well, you lost me at Predator." <laughs> and uh, he said, "No, no, no. This is this one's really good, really smart, and it's uh, in Cherokee." And I said, "What do you mean it's in Cherokee?" And he said, "The whole di- all the dialogue. It's 1790, and it's all in Cherokee." And I was like, "Well, you lost me, and it's all in Cherokee." <laughs> now you've really lost uh, me. Yeah, but he said it's really good. You can watch the dub, I guess, but uh, he said it's really, really good. So they they put it out in Cherokee, and they're going to dub it to English yeah, because for us? it happens in a Cherokee mm-hmm. uh, village, and it's a Cherokee nation. Sometimes mm-hmm. authenticity is overrated. Just, yeah. get, just let us understand it, please. Yeah. Yeah, we should point out tonight, by the way, end of an era tonight on television as the series finale of Better Call Saul airs tonight. Really? Yeah. Which is the last thing in the Breaking Bad universe, supposedly, until they need more money. Uh, But right now they're saying it's the last thing in the Breaking Bad universe, which is both Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, which is such great shows. I've never watched either. I mean, they're pretty dark. Yeah, I've heard (laughs) that. I've heard that. So I don't know. It's got to be your speech. It's a little plotting and dark. But if you like that sort of stuff, which I, I do, I mean, it's just so good. And nobody deserves success more than Bob Odenkirk, who is I love Bob a Odenkirk. revolutionary uh, comedian that Hates never, you. I'm sure he does. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's crazy liberal, Hates but he's you. brilliant and has, deserves every bit of his success. I mean, it's, it's great to see that happen. So my son also turned me on to a band and I hesitate to mention them oh, because no. I like them. You're going to ruin another band's career. Well, you've done this several times. Whenever you whenever you like a band, that means the band is no longer cool, which means they're done. I think I did end the career of Muse, but oh, I yeah. started the career of Michael Bublé. 
Remember Michael Bublé? Yeah, Michael Bublé. Yeah, that's true. Michael, Michael Bublé. Bublé said, I've sold more tickets for him than he has sold for him. <laughs> that may be true. Yeah. Muse, on the other hand, I saw him, they were playing at Hot Topic in the mall this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I thought, wow, that Glenn well, thing did a, not work that's out. that's a step up. I saw them at Der Wiener Schnitzel. Oh, yeah, that was a good show, uh, yeah. though. Good yeah, show. Yeah, it was a good show. Yeah. It was a good show. Mm-hmm. So maybe I shouldn't mention them. Because they may hate my guts. I don't know. They always hate your guts. With the exception of Michael Buble, who was just didn't. He's Canadian and didn't know. (laughs) Yeah. So he doesn't hate you. He used to watch me on CNN and uh, he was like, this guy's hysterical. I don't know if he's serious or not. And I don't care because I'm Canadian. Mm -hmm. But he's actually gotten into a fight with me at a hockey match. Not with me, with with somebody else. About you. Yeah. Somebody. I saw him in New York and I was checking into a hotel and he happened to be in the lobby. And he was like, Beck. What the hell is it with you? And I said, what are you talking about? And he said, I was at a hockey game in Canada. Some guy looks at me and says, you're friends with Glenn Beck. And he's like, yeah. And he, he said, the guy threw a punch at me. <laughs> Hit me in the face. He said, I got into a I got into a fight at a hockey match in the stands. We weren't even on the ice. To be fair, everybody has been in a fight at a hockey match. If yeah. you go to a hockey game, you're going to get punched by somebody. I mean, that's just the way it works. <laughs> We'll see you tomorrow. The Glenn Back Program.